Well, today we are continuing our Advent series in the book of Isaiah with chapter 11. Our topic is going to be God's way of making things new. Now, by now, I hope that you are familiar with the truth that one day God will bring forth a new heaven, a new earth, and in fact, will even be given brand new bodies. We oftentimes achieve new at the expense of improved. For instance, do you remember New Coke? It was a failed effort to bring new life to the classic Coca-Cola drink in 1985. Now, there are reasons concerning why they created New Coke, but the bottom line was that it was a failure. New Coke ended up costing the company $34 million. Just $34 million out the window, wasted because of this brand new product. Or what about Meta? Have you heard about Meta? Meta is uh, Facebook's attempt to rebrand themselves and bring attention to their virtual reality platform known as the Metaverse. But ever since they launched Meta, for one thing, They had to lay off 11,000 employees just in this past year. And since the launch launch of Meta, they have ended up losing $650 billion in market value. Are you fans of Star Wars, of Independence Day, or Lord of the Rings? The first movies, of course, uh, were successful and generally well-received by audiences. Gradually, you could tell that the creators lost the formula. And what has the loss the, the loss of this formula produced? New and disappointing additions to the lore of these franchises. People are not good at improving an already good thing. We have a pie in the a pie in the sky vision of what could take a once good idea to the next level. The truth of the matter is that no one truly knows the formula to successfully make something that was old, new again. And I think the problem is that we often take something that was already good, we keep its original idea, but we remove its original context and we say not only is it new, it is also improved. Well, in the, book of, in the book of Isaiah, we see God's formula for making something new. He didn't start by taking something that was good and making it better. He started off with, started off with something that was bad. Starting in chapter 9, we see that God was not happy with the nation of Israel. So his plan was to bring judgment against them. He would pit them against one another. Verse 18 says, Surely wickedness burns like a fire. 19 continues, By the wrath of the Lord Almighty, the land will be scorched and the people will be fuel for the fire. They will not spare one another. In chapter 10, verse 4, This is what remains of Israel. It reads, Nothing will remain but to cringe among the captives or fall among the slain. God brought absolute ruin to the nation of Israel. In fact, we are even told that he employed the Assyrians as an instrument of his wrath against them. They too would oppress Israel. But this was not done so that Israel could merely be brought to ruin. God had a greater plan for Israel. He knew that all the wickedness of Israel needed to be done away with. It's then 
that he could take the remnant of Israel and make all things new again. So this is the significance of the birth narrative in the New Testament. And when we read through Isaiah, the events described in this book are really just the beginning of Israel's woes leading up to the birth of Jesus. For instance, the Assyrians conquered them. The Babylonians destroyed and pillaged Jerusalem. Then Greece conquered Israel. And finally, Israel found itself under the rule of the Roman Empire. Now, it's hard to fathom how depressed Israel had become. These were, these were nations that cared nothing for the God of Israel. The Israelites were forced to live under the rule of people that cared nothing for the law of Moses. And under Roman rule, you were either a Roman or you were a dog. In fact, when we talk about the crucifixion of Jesus, this was the most agonizing penalty that the Roman government could come up with. And it was a punishment that was only reserved for people that were not citizens of Rome. So the crucifixions were carried out with the intention of telling people that you do not mess with Rome. So why had God allowed such a nation to conquer his people? Or worse, why was this part of God's plan? Well, it's because we don't know what it takes to make all things new. He does. He knew that even amongst the people of his holy nation, there are many who did not follow him and did not love him. So he cut down his own people. And in Isaiah 11.1, 1, the author wrote, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. This stump is Jesus. His entrance into our world was a wonder. For John tells us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He then jumps a, we, we then jump ahead to verse 14, where the author reveals, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Now, I want you to realize this. In the land of finitude, which is what I'm calling our reality, the eternal word, the eternal God, became flesh. He did not create a being to represent him. The word, the eternal Son of God, co-equal with the Father, became flesh. What an incredible wonder. Something new. Maybe that's why Daniel referred to him as the Ancient of Days in Daniel 7.9. This person was clearly a man, but clearly far more. The Son of God is eternal. And yet, in the land of finitude, there was a time when he was new. The Word became flesh as a newborn baby boy. And why did this happen? Because God had a plan that had been unfolding since the creation of the world that his son Jesus would be the firstborn of many brethren. 
Romans 9.29 tells us of this mystery regarding those he has called. It reads, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And that was just the beginning. This was just another step in God's plan of redeeming the world. The Old Testament events were all part of it. Jesus marked the beginning of something new and entirely different from what the nation of Israel thought that it had in store. Now, we look around the world today. I remember looking into the news in the past few weeks. You have war in Ukraine, protests in China, and strikes, shortages, and economic uncertainty in the United States of America. For crying out loud, the Michigan Wolverines beat the Ohio State Buckeyes two years in a row. This is a clear indicator that the world is falling apart at the seams. So what do we do? What can we say? We look at the manger and see the birth of a boy. Out of darkness came a great light. Hope for the world. Something new. And yet... He still had to face destruction in order to receive glory. God has it all figured out. We need to read the prophets and see that none of this is chaos. It is the unveiling of God's plan. Jesus reminds us that he is making all things new. I'd like to thank you for joining me for today's sermon. My name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. You can join us on Sunday mornings for our worship service at 1030 on Sunday. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.